There is no secret formula for better customer service. But there is the all-new service hub from HubSpot, bringing service and support together in one powerful platform so you can deliver the best experiences possible and free up a rep's time with an AI-powered help desk. Also, you can easily support and grow your customer base. Secrets out, everybody. Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com slash service to learn more. Good morning, everyone. It's Wednesday, February 28th. I'm John Wagel here with Juliet Bennett-Ryla, and this is the Hustle Daily Show. You've probably noticed that shopping malls aren't doing too hot lately. The new normal of online shopping has taken a lot of shoppers out of malls these days, but now it seems like we found a new use for these huge buildings in the US, turning them into charter schools. But what are the benefits here, and could you expect to send your kids to a mall for school anytime soon? We'll chat about that in a bit, but first let's give you the hits and headlines today across business and tech. Kicking us off here, Wendy's is making a $20 million investment in digital menus across the U.S. to implement some high-tech changes in 2025. Among these updates are dynamic pricing, AI-enabled menu changes, and suggestive selling. Um, They will always suggest Baconator for me, I'm guessing. Nice. (laughs) Macy's is shuttering about 150 more stores, down to around 350 namesake locations, But the company's also reinvesting in its more successful brands, which are Bloomingdale's and Blue Mercury stores, which it's planning on opening new locations of. It's pretty surprising to me. I actually have never been inside a Blue Mercury. Me neither, though I have seen them. I didn't know what it was. I thought from the logo that it was some kind of like fashion photography place, but I don't know why I assumed that. Is it a lipstick store? I don't know. I don't even know what it is. What is it? Maybe it's like a clothing retailer. I feel like there used to be a Blue Mercury that I would walk by and it would sell like cosmetics, but you could maybe mix your own lipstick or something like that. I don't remember. Yeah, it it looks like a skincare makeup, kind of like in the similar line of like an Ulta, I'm guessing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Shows how much Mm -hmm. we know about this brand. Literally nothing. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Learn something new every day. And also closing are 41 Bloomin' Brands restaurants. The company's shutting down some, quote, underperforming locations of its brands, including Bonefish Grill, Fleming's, and Outback Steakhouse, which was apparently the hardest hit. And this is all to make room for redesigned locations. So, yeah, Outback, not doing too great right now, unfortunately. Hmm. I thought people really liked the Bloomin' Onion, but maybe they don't anymore. Me too. They even named their group the Bloomin' Brands Restaurants. They really had faith in that onion, but I guess... Yeah, that checks out. (laughs) Yeah, didn't pan out. All right, next, into the gaming industry. Another hit for the gaming industry. Sony is laying off about 900 PlayStation employees, or around 8% of that division's workforce. The news follows Sony's diminished sales forecast for the PlayStation 5 after a lackluster holiday season of sales. Quite a few of these layoffs also come from the Insomniac team that produced the Spider-Man franchise. So um, not great for the gaming industry continuously. And finally, McDonald's is launching an anime-inspired restaurant called Wickdonald's in 30 markets, starting with Los Angeles. The promo includes a new savory chili sauce, a, quote, multi-sensory dining experience, and a new anime and manga short every week through March 18th. What are your thoughts, Juliet? I think I love this, actually. Like, not even 
much of a McDonald's fan these days, mm-hmm. but would go to Wick Donald's, honestly. Oh, yeah. But I was reading that apparently 39 years ago in an episode of the Japanese manga series Cat's Eye, in an episode called A Mystery for a Winter Night, Wick Donald's apparently appears wow. in this episode. There are also apparently some other accounts that McDonald's maybe appeared at other times. It doesn't matter, I suppose. The point is that it appeared in a manga, and now some 40 years later, they're making it real. I, I love this. Yeah, it's great. Fascinating. I really like what the McDonald's marketing team has been doing lately. With We talked about Cosmics a few months ago, too. They're just kind mm-hmm. of trying some new stuff, branching out. And this McDonald's thing, they actually have a short up on YouTube, on the McDonald's YouTube channel. And it's like basically like a very Dragon Ball Z-tinged 30-second anime (laughs) segment. It's pretty funny, actually. So yeah, really love this marketing tactic over here. Yeah, me too. Depending on where this McDonald's ends up being, I may may go to it. I may go to McDonald's for the first time and I couldn't even tell you how long because it's just so fun. (laughs) So fun. McDonald's. Okay. And with that, we're going on to the main story. Today, we're chatting about A fascinating new use for otherwise pretty empty malls, and that's using them as charter schools. Filling that gargantuan space with students seems like a pretty interesting idea, and it seems like it's even been done before. Julia, tell us first a bit about the downfall of the shopping mall as of late. Uh, Yeah, malls not doing great. I think everybody probably knows that. Everybody's probably been to a virtually dead mall. The retail vacancy rate was about 10.3% in Q4 of 2023. And we know a lot of things have contributed to this. The pandemic made people switch to online shopping. There have been a lot of store closures and people just, they're not going to the mall to just walk around aimlessly and shop and then get like an Auntie Anne's pretzel. Like it's just not... It's not what we're doing anymore. The good old days. You go to the Hot Topic, then you get the Auntie Anne's pretzel. Oh, what a day. Oh, yeah. I remember Hot Topic. <laughs> Those were the days. Those were the but days. But no more, apparently. Mm-hmm. You know, now if you want to order a uh, Invader Zim t-shirt, you can do it online. That's what I feel like Hot Topics had when I was a kid. Invader Zim t-shirts. <laughs> yep. Yep. Invader Zim <laughs> t-shirts. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Same. I, I think they've barely changed their infrastructure or their setup since then (laughs) um, for me either. But yeah, no, this sounds fascinating because malls, of course, I don't know if you've been to a mall recently, Juliet, but I actually have been to one or two malls, I guess, in the past year. And Mm -hmm. I'm like usually one of 10 people, not including employees there. It's very, very empty, surprisingly. Yeah. And I've noticed the same thing depending on the mall. I mean, we have a couple open air malls here that are like, I don't know, tourist destinations in Los Angeles, the Mm. Grove being one of them. That one's kind of always busy. The Americana, owned by the same people, also always busy. But you know what I have noticed about malls, and I think this thing about charter schools kind of plays into that, is that the malls that I go to where I see people there, Mm -hmm. they're no longer just shopping spaces. They're experiential in some way, shape, or form. Right, right. Like the mall I go to the most frequently is a mall that has a movie theater in it because it has a movie theater in it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's stuff like that. There's a mall that I have been to a few times because it has an escape room in it. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's a great point, actually. A lot more attractions piling up. Like I've definitely seen like more like laser tag in malls or more like immersive experiences like VR places and and whatnot in malls. It's it's been very interesting. But yeah, tell us a bit more about how landlords are leasing out to charter schools now as a thing. Yeah, apparently. And this is according to the New York Times. Landlords are now leasing mall spaces to charter schools, which initially I think it seems weird to be like, I'm going to 
go to school at the mall. That like to me growing up is like you skip school to go to the mall. Right. The, the two did not right. overlap. But apparently it is kind of a win-win for everyone here because the empty mall that has all the stores that are closed now has something that is, you know, keeping the lights on. And it's also bringing in foot traffic for any businesses that remain there. So anything in the food court, restaurants, sure. those immersive experiential things we talked about, and as well as, you know, just the brick and mortar stores. That's bringing people into the mall who may stop by those places and spend money there. Mm -hmm. And then schools obviously are saving money because they don't have to find land and build a whole new school from scratch, but they right. kind of get these blank canvas spaces where they can do whatever they want, same way that an Apple store would. So mm -hmm. it's kind of working out for people. And the great thing about a mall is that they're often somewhat centrally located. So, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, you know, they're not they're not in the middle of nowhere. They're in generally pretty traffic heavy areas. So it could potentially be good for communities. Yeah, it seems like a good deal for communities having kind of that multi-purpose space that, you know, you send your kids to school or something, but you know exactly where they are and exactly the things that they could do in that space. It's mm -hmm. it's very different from, I guess, dropping your kid off at the mall on like a Saturday, right? Like you, you're kind of dropping them off at school, but they're kind of like nicely limited in, in the things that they could do in the place that they are, I guess. Yeah. And you know, this isn't included in Sarah's story, but I do wonder if that's sort of beneficial for some parents that are trying to save money on childcare, because I feel like if, you know, you get out of work at five, but your kid gets out of school at three o'clock, that's two hours you need to account for. Right. But now they're just at the mall where they probably want to go anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. Hanging out with their friends. You Venmo them like 20 bucks for a movie or something. And then boom. Yeah. That's, go to Dave and Buster's. It. I don't know what kids right. do these days, but yeah, that seems right. fun. That seems enjoyable <laughs> and, and somewhat safe. Yeah, exactly. And another point that Sarah makes is just given like the size uh -huh. of these malls, like this is a pretty good idea because like you just have so much endless possibilities as you were talking about before for space and activity and all these things. And, you know, upon seeing the story at first, it seemed kind of like a, a wild, crazy idea. But kind of the more I think about it, the more it seems like, you know, that's that, that works. Seems good. Yeah. And it seems like the ideal kind of thing to build because, you you know, what else would you use these giant buildings for? It's like they're not super conducive to like putting housing in there. And we know mm -hmm. that offices are kind of going the way of the malls because everybody is working from home now, similar to the way they're shopping online now. So a school actually kind of makes sense. And there are a couple other repurposes that we've seen, you know, like medical offices are being put in malls, these immersive experiences that we've talked about. You know, we're seeing not only just like the VR arcades and the escape rooms, but also pickleball courts and bumper cars oh, yeah. and laser tag, as we discussed, government offices, really all sorts of things that, that need a brick and mortar space, but maybe don't have one and could save some money by using this thing that already exists. Yeah, makes sense. And it'll be good use of those large spaces mm -hmm. to just fill them with fun things to do. Why not? Including school. That's a fun thing to do, right? I guess. Uh, I think school can be fun. Yes. Especially if it's in a mall, honestly. <laughs> mm -hmm. There you go. All right. Well, that will do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in to the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, go get yourself signed up at thehustle.co slash email, and we'll see you tomorrow.
Hey, everybody. I got a great podcast to tell you about. It's called Truth, Lies, and Work. And it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. On this show, you can join husband and wife team Alan, Leanne Elliott as they dispel myths, impart wisdom, and answer all your questions about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. They actually just did an episode with John Smith, who is the manager and agent of famous Argentinian soccer player Diego Maradona. He talks about in this episode how he was able to manage the global superstar athlete celebrity that Maradona is and was. It's a great listen. You better get out there and check it out. And you can listen to Truth, Lies, and Work wherever you get your podcasts.